Numbers chapter 32. Who thinks we can get out of here in 20 minutes? No. Still nobody? One, Brother Ron? All right, good. Good, good, good. 30 minutes? Any 15? You think 15? All right. We believe. All right, here we go. All right. Numbers chapter 32. <clears throat> who, set new, uh, who set their New Year's resolutions already? Anybody have those? Who does those? Raise your hand if you do them. Raise your hand if you, if, you always, if you always fail at them after you do them. Anybody like that? Yeah, you set them. And then who wants to, who wants to set goals for your health for the New Year's? Everybody, everybody always says, yeah, health. Okay, how about spiritual goals? Okay, good, good. Financial goals? And who doesn't do those? Who doesn't, who doesn't do New Year's? You just don't do it. You just stay the same and stay consistent. All right, that's good. That's good, that's good. All right, take your Bibles, Numbers chapter 32, and if you could guys could switch over to uh, the screens for me. Um, let's see here. That should pop up. Hold on one second. Does everybody say amen if you're in Numbers 32? All righty. All right, Numbers chapter 32. Look at the Bible. It says, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle, and when they saw the land of Jazir and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. Let's pray really quick. Dear Heavenly Father God, I just pray that you help us, Lord. Help us tonight as we just quickly look in your word and we apply it to our lives. And we see that God's will, Lord. We see uh, the will of God. And, and more importantly, Lord, that we see the mistakes uh, that the people in the Bible here made and what we could do to avoid those mistakes and find God's will for our life. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. All right, who wants to be in God's will? Amen. So you're, you want to be in church on a Thursday night right before the New Year's if you didn't want to be in God's will. And that's why you're in church tonight. But God's will sometimes can be a confusing thing, amen? Sometimes you don't know if you're in God's will or not. And sometimes it's hard to figure out, am I going in the right direction or not? And one thing to understand as we look at the text tonight, to find God's will for your life, the specific will of God for your life, you have to understand the general will of God, okay? So specific will of God is like where you're going to live, where you're going to go to church, uh, who, who you're going to marry, what kind of relationships you're going to have, what kind of friends you're going to have. That's the specific will of God. God has something specifically planned out for you that's different than everybody else. Say amen if you agree. Okay, but to find that specific will, and everybody wants to find the will of God. Even people who aren't saved want to find the specific will of God for their life. But to find the specific will of God, you first have to do the general will of God. Okay, does that make sense? You say, well, what's the general will of God for my life? The general will of God is something that God wants for everybody. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, okay. The general will of God is what God wants for everybody. So what are some things, we're gonna, you're going to talk to me and I'm going to talk back to you, okay? What are some things that God wants for all of us? Read our Bible. Is there anybody here that God doesn't want you to read your Bible? No, how often does he want us to read our Bible? Every day, all the time, right? We're supposed to meditate on it, read it every day, right? There's no one that's immune to that. If you're not reading your Bible every day, guess what? You're not going to be able to find God's specific will for your life because you haven't followed his general will. Does that make sense? Okay, what are some other general wills uh, that God wants us to do? What are some other things that applies to all of us? Yeah. Pray, yeah. Who said come to church? Yeah, he wants you to be in church. He wants us to pray, right? What's some other ones? Obedience to what? 
to his word, like follow him, be faithful, live a righteous life, right? Do the, do the right things that you're supposed to do and not do the wrong things you're supposed to do, amen, right? What about soul winning? Oh, wow, I got really quiet. What about soul winning? Yeah, With, is, that, is, that a, is that a general will that God wants everybody to share the gospel? Absolutely. What about tithing? Whew. What about tithing? Yeah, everybody, right? It's for everybody, right? See, so often we want God's specific will for our life. We say, God, show me direction. Give me direction in my life. But we're not doing the things that he already told us to do that we know we're supposed to do. And you have to do those things first, okay? The rest of this message won't make any sense. It won't matter if we don't understand that principle. And today what we want to do is we want to look at the text, and I want to specifically talk to you about settling outside of God's will. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians end up settling for not being in God's will, and they become okay settling outside of God's will. Raise your hand if you know somebody like that. Don't blur anybody's name out, but if you know somebody like that, that's settled outside of God's will. Raise your hand nice and high. I got a text from somebody today. It was a young, it, it, they, there was a, a text from somebody that texted somebody else, and they were texting them, and they said, you know, I, I used to come to church, and, and I, I like coming to church, but you guys were kind of mean to me, and this happened, and these things happened to me at church, and blah, 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 and they kind of blamed all their problems on, on the church, right? Well, we, we know what that usually means, right? That usually means that they got out of the will of God. They got away from God. They, they, didn't, they didn't do what God wanted them to do, and too often I see people who get outside the will of God, and then they lose out on the blessing. That's really what we're going after, amen? Right? Amen? We really Raise your hand if you want God's blessing on your life. I, I, I desperately, desperately want God's blessing. Everybody wants God's blessing, but we have to understand to get God's blessing, we have to be in his will. And if we settle on the outside of God's will, we're not going to get to where we want to go. Now, in this text, leading up to this text, if you, if, you know, if you know the stories of the Bible, which I know you guys do in Numbers, we, we see that the children of Israel are just now getting to go into the promised land. But what happened before they got to go into the promised land? Well, they were in Egypt. And Egypt is a picture of the world. And what were they in Egypt? They were slaves, right? That's bad. That's the world. That's sin. And they were, they were led across uh, the dry ground from the Red Sea, and they got out of slavery. And then where were they supposed to go right after that? The promised land, Canaan land. It was, it was, it was uh, the land that was flowing with milk and honey. No more slavery, no more hard labor. They could go there and a lot of the houses were already taken care of. All of the crops were already growing. Everything was already there for them. And it was, it was an 11-day journey from Egypt to Canaan land. 11 days. You know how long it ended up taking them? 40 years. They were supposed to get over there and... They didn't make it because of giants. You guys know the story, right? The 12 spies, 12 spies went into Canaan. They looked into the promised land. Yeah, you guys know the song, right? Uh, you guys know it? Raise your hand if you know it. Only a couple of you guys? Okay, we got to learn it then. Uh, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. How many were bad? 10 were bad. Come on, you guys aren't too good to sing it. Come on. 12 men went to spy on Canaan. What do you think they saw on Canaan? Some saw strong. Yeah. Some saw grapes of clusters long. Some saw God was in it all. Ten were bad and two were good, right? What what happened? Two of them went in there and said, Man, there's 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 opportunity here. Yeah, there's some giants. Yeah, there's some bad things there, but look, God wants us to conquer this land. 
And what did the other ten say? They were like, nah, we can't beat those giants. Now, God has a sense of humor. He said, oh, you're scared of the giants, huh? Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years, and you're going to die, and we'll let your little kids defeat the giants. God has a sense of humor, right? And so they died in the wilderness. So they settled where? Outside of God's will. They didn't get into God's will. They never got there. It was right there. They could literally see it. But they decided to settle outside of God's will. How sad, right? But now we're picking up in the text again, and we're seeing that the, this, this group that we're about to look at, Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh, are making the same mistake again. They're going to settle right outside of God's will. And it's really, really sad. So look at this map here. So you see up there the body of water up at the top. That's the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus did a lot of his miracles. That's Nazareth. That's where he spent a lot of his life. And if you look at that little blue line right there, that's the Jordan River right there down, down the middle. And then you see the Dead Sea at the bottom. God's will was for all the children of Israel to be on that side of Jordan near the water. Does that make sense? Smile if it makes sense. All right, good. That's where they all wanted them to settle. But look at, see there where it says Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben right there? On the, on the right side of Jordan? They settled over there. They settled over there on the wrong side of Jordan. Why, why did they do that? They did that because they didn't understand God's general will for them. They decided not to follow God's general will. And there's some things that we can learn from it. There's some things that we can actually, actually see. So we're doing pretty good on time. It's only 7.30. So we're, I'm going to give you three quick points and we're going to get out of here, okay? You still with me? Say amen. All right, here we go. So, what can we learn from the, them? In the Bible, there's, good, there's positive examples and there's negative examples. All right? And we can learn from both of them. So, we're going to look at these negative examples and we're going to see what it actually cost them and why they settled outside of God's will. So, here's the first lesson that we le can learn from them. Settling outside of God's will always starts with either a burden or a blessing. Say burden. burden. Say blessing. blessing. Always. Always, 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 always. When we go to settle outside of God's will, it always starts with a burden or a blessing. Let's look at the text. You have your Bibles there? Look at your Bibles with me. It says, in Numbers chapter 32, verse 1, it says this, And the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and then also, they're mentioned later, half the tribe of Manasseh, so it's two and a half tribes. He says, And now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had very great multitude of what? Cattle. What did they have? Cattle. I remember one time I met a farmer, or, or actually he was a rancher, and he said, yeah, I raise, I raise cattle. And I said, really, how many cattle do you have? Sounds like a good question, right? And then someone poked me and they said, asking a, 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 a uh, rancher how many cattle they have is like someone asking you how much money you have in your bank account. And I said, oh, okay, I didn't know that, right? Because cattle's big money. Each one that they have is worth a certain dollar amount. So they, God had richly blessed them, amen? They had lots of cattle. Now let's look at it. And they had very great multitude of cattle. And they looked down at the end. And that behold, the place was a place for what? Cattle. So they said, man, we don't want to follow God's will for our lives because God has blessed us with so much cattle. It's better for our cows over here. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why would they, why would they take a blessing of God and then turn it into something that would cause them to settle outside of God's will? We look at that and we say, that's so silly. Why would anybody do that? But we do it all the time. Oh, God. I see this all the time, especially with young people. Oh, God, please, please, please give me a job. Please give me a job. I need a job. And then God blesses them with a job. 
And then they go, oh, I can't come to church no more. Right? Amen? Or here's another one. Oh, God, I want to get married. I want to have a family. They get a family. They go to church. Everything's going good. And then their kids grow up. And then their kids kind of get an attitude against church. I know nobody in here is like this. I've seen this at other churches. Amen? And their kids get an attitude against church. And then the parents get out of God's will because their teenagers are little snotty brats. Not anybody in here, not anybody in our church, other churches I've heard about that. It happens, amen? What is it? God blesses us, and then we forget who's blessing us, and we begin to worship the blessing more than the blesser. Amen? And we see it all throughout the Bible as well. Lot. What happened with Lot? God blessed him. He blessed Abraham. He blessed Lot. He said, hey, we have too much stuff. We have too much good stuff going on. What are we going to do? And Lot said, oh, I want to go settle over there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he set his eyes over there. And it messed him up. It messed up the rest of his life. It messed his family up. Why? Because he settled outside of God's will. And a lot of times the reason that we settle outside of God's will is because God blesses us and we take those blessings and we use it as an excuse not to follow God anymore. Let's, let's look at Solomon. What about Solomon? Solomon's the wisest, one of the wisest people in the Bible. Right? He wrote a lot, of the, a lot of the Proverbs and the Psalms, and we read the Bible, and we go, man, there's so much wisdom in here. Amen? And, and he had a little bit of money. Amen? Right? He had a little bit of money. God blessed him. God blessed him with wisdom and took care of him. What happened? He got out of God's will, didn't he? Why? Because he had too much blessing. We, we can go on and on. Uh, what about Ananias and Sapphira? Man, we got this, we got this property. We're going to be able to sell it at the top of the market. Amen? We got multiple buyers. Cash buyers, amen? We don't even have to go to title or anything. We're just going to get the money in right away. It's going to be a blessing. And we're going to give it all to the church. Whoops. They lied, huh? Why? Because they got, they didn't have to do that. Peter even told him, he said, you didn't have to lie. You didn't even have to give the whole thing. You could have just gave some of it. What happened? The blessing got him outside of God's will. That one cost him big time right away, right? Amen? But, but it's not just blessings. It's also burdens. I think about Jonah. Jonah had a burden to go preach. God called them to go preach, and that caused him to leave the will of God, right? He went, they said, he said, hey, where's God want me to go? Oh, over there? I'm going to get on a ship over here. And he went the opposite direction. I think about, I think about Esau, uh, Peter, Lot's wife, I and mean, we could go on and on and on. There's burdens and blessings. We have to understand that. The, what knocks us out of the will of God a lot of times is God blesses us, and it distracts us, or we get a burden in our life, something comes in, a health burden, a financial burden, whatever it may be, and it drifts us, it pushes us out of the will of God. And it gets us on the wrong side of Jordan, amen? And that's what happened, that's what happened to the children of Israel. So that's the first thing that I see. Romans 12, 2 says this, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and what? He shall direct thy paths. How many of your ways have to acknowledge him? All. all. So what happens if I only acknowledge him with some of my ways? Well, then he's not going to direct your paths. Amen? In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And we go, oh, yes, amen. Praise the Lord for that. But then we don't acknowledge him in all our ways, and we want direction from him. Amen? If, if we're ignoring what God's telling us to do, we're not going to get direction from him. We're not going to be able to find his will. If we're not following the general will, we're not going to be able to find the what? 
the specific will of God. Okay, so number one, burdens and blessings. That's a lot of times getting outside of God's will starts with a burden or a blessing. Number two, number two, settling outside of God's will always starts, always settling outside of God's, oops, I messed that up. Settling outside of God's will will always involve compromise. Always involve compromise. Say compromise. Compromise is a bad thing when it comes to God. It's a bad thing when it comes to God. And listen, you always compromise down. Right? You always compromise down. If, let's just use, just use general terms. If you're very conservative and you're talking to somebody who's very liberal, for anything, it could be politics, it could be anything, right? It could be, it could be a marriage, it could be anything. And someone's very conservative and someone's very liberal and you compromise and you meet in the middle and you're up here, what are you going to have to do to get there? You're always going to have to lower. That's bad when it comes to God. It's always bad, okay? Look at your Bible. Take your Bible. Look at verse 6 and 7 in chapter 32. Six and seven. Uh, it says, And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war? And shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land the Lord hath given them? So he's saying, Hey, we're about to go over to war and we're about to take this land and you're going to settle on this side? That's going to mess us up. And look what their response was. They actually had the right response. Look at verse 16 and 17. It says, uh, verse 16, it says, And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfold here for the cattle in the cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place, and our little ones shall dwell in fenced cities because of our inhabitants of the land. They actually responded correctly. They said, Hey, we're, we're going to go fight with you. And then we're going to leave our children, women and children here. We're going to go fight with you. And then we'll come back and take their land. And, and that was the right answer for that situation. However, they weren't supposed to settle on that side to begin with. Yeah. They should have been settling on the other side. So this compromise will always lead to drama. I'm not going to have you turn there, but in, in the book of Joshua, it actually tells us the drama that this brings for their life. Who here knows the, the altar of Ed? Remember the, raise your hand if you remember the story of altar of Ed. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it to you. This is what happens. So the, they go in, they fight, they win all the wars, and the, the wars are just about done. They're just about wrapped up. So Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh are going to head back over to the other side of Jordan. But before they do, they say, hey, let's build an altar. Let's build an altar over here, and let's build it just like the one that they have over there that, where God told them to make the sacrifice. Okay, does it make sense with me? Smile if you're with me. Okay, so... So they said, hey, we're going to build this, and a civil war almost started. And all the children of Israel said, let's go down there and let's just go whoop them, because they weren't supposed to build that. There was supposed to be one place that God wanted them to bring the sacrifice. And so they went down there to go have a war with them, and they said, we're so sorry. The reason that we built this, here, I'll read the text to you. This is what they said. They said, but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us that we might do the service of the Lord before him, with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings, listen now, that your children may not say to our children in the time to come, ye have no part in the Lord. You say, well, what, 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 are, what are they saying? They were worried about their kids because they settled outside of God's will. They said, man, we're worried about our kids. We're worried that these kids are going to look down on our kids because we decided to do something different than what God told us to do. And that's a scary place to be. But you want to know what will happen when you settle outside of God's will? It will affect your kids. 
It will affect the next generation. It will impact them. There is no, I'm not going to obey God, and that doesn't have impact on my kids. When pastor stands up here and preaches, I'm just going to make this real simple, okay? Pastor stands up here and preaches, takes the Bible very practically and breaks it down, and you sit there and listen to a message, and your kids sit there and listen. I use me as the illustration, okay? I sit there and listen to the message, and then my kids sit there and listen to the message, and then I disobey that because I'm not following God's general will for my life. Amen? You don't think that's going to impact your, my kids? Absolutely. Not only does it impact them, they think that I don't believe in God, and then they follow that example. It doesn't matter if you come to every single service. It doesn't matter if you know how to wear your tie right. It doesn't matter if you comb your hair right and you know how to dress right. That's just an act that we put on. Amen? That's just an act that we put on if we're not following God's general will for our life. Amen. Amen and amen. We have to get into God's general will for our life if we want the blessing of the specific will. They thought, you know what? We're not going to listen to God, but we'll just build this little altar over here and everything will just be all right. It's not how it works, friend. Yeah. It's not how it works. We have to do it the way God pandered it, the way God put it in. What did God tell? God said, settle on this side of Jordan and make your sacrifices over there. They compromised on that. So, number one, settling outside of God's will will always start with a blessing or a burden. Number two, settling outside of God's will will always involve compromise. And number three, number three and lastly, and we're all done, settling outside of God's will always seems like a great idea, but it will cost more than you can imagine. It always seems like a good idea at the time, okay? No one, no one ever goes into it and goes, this sounds like a horrible idea. We should give this a try, right? It always seems like a good idea at the time. Take your Bible and look at, look at uh, verse 24 and 25. Look at uh, to the verse 24. It says, but your cities, or, I'm sorry, build you, build you cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep and do that which hath proceedeth out of your mouth and the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servant do as my Lord commandeth. Here's an interesting thing about God. It's very interesting. Um, he, God said, you know what? If you want to settle outside of my will, then go for it. And Moses, and Moses said, go for it. And it, it's almost kind of confusing, right? Like, why would, why would okay, God say, okay, fine. Let me give you some examples in the Bible that are similar to this. Remember when the children of Israel were under God and they didn't have a king? You guys remember that? Shake your head if you remember that. Yeah? Amen? You guys remember that over here? Yep. And they came to God, and they said, we want a king. And what did God say to them? Well, are you sure you want a king? Because if you get a king, they're going to tax you. And they said, yeah, we want a king like the world, like everybody else around us. And God said, are you sure you want a king? Because they're going to take your sons, and they're going to put them into a military to go fight wars, and your kids are going to die. Are you sure you want that? Yeah, 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 we want a king. That's what we want. We want a king like the rest of the world. He said, are you sure this is what you want? He's going to take your land. He's going to tax your, your land. He's going, to, he's going to take your gardens and those kind of... Are you sure this is what you want? And what did the children of Israel say? This is what we want. And what did God say? All right, if that's what you want, sure, you can get it. You say, well, oh, that's just one example. No, there's, it's all over in the Bible. Remember when the, we just talked about it. Remember when the children of Israel went up to the top and they said, man, we can't go in and fight all these giants in the promised land. They're big giants. We're little. What are we going to do? We can't fight them. God said, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to fight them. Just go wander in circles and I'll have your little children kill them someday. What was God doing? He was teaching them a lesson, a very hard lesson, by the way, a very hard lesson. He said, okay, fine. I'll give you what you want. And it's over and over and over again. Remember when they were in the wilderness 
and they got that manna coming out of heaven. Every day, heavenly food, right? And what did the children of Israel say? I'm so sick and tired of leftovers. Same thing every single day. I don't want any more leftovers. Do your kids ever do that? I know your kids never do that. My kids do that sometimes. I don't want leftovers, right? So what did God say? Okay, what do you want? We want meat. We want strong meat. He said, fine, I'm going to give you chickens until they're coming out of your nose. That's what God said. Amen? And he flooded them, and they were just like, oh, what are we going to do with all this chicken? Because he gave them what they wanted. Not only that, God gives the world what they want, too, at the end of the day. Romans chapter 1, read it sometimes, verse 24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That sounds pretty bad. But God said, you know what, if that's what you want, I'm going to give it to you. Romans 1.26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use in their, uh, use into that which is against nature. Verse 28 says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. What does that mean? God said, fine, if you want that, I'll let you have it. Because that's what you want. God is not going to fight, 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 fight with you forever. There's an end to the fighting. You understand that, right? You can resist God, and he'll, he'll lovingly, tender, and I'm thankful for that, right? God's patient. Amen? God's patient. God's long-suffering. God's loving, right? Amen? He is. He's, I'm, I'm standing here today, amen? That's, I mean, that's a testament, okay? I'm a knucklehead. I learn things the hard way, all right? So God is patient. God is loving. God is long-suffering. But he's long-suffering. He's not eternal suffering. God will give you what you want. So if you say, you know what? Yeah, I know, I know I'm supposed to be on this side of Jordan over here, which is only 100 feet. They settled 100 feet outside of God's will. You realize that, right? I realize that I'm supposed to be on this side of Jordan, but I just want to be on the other side of Jordan. You know what God's going to say? Okay, if that's what you want. But it's going to cost you. You say, well, what, what did it cost them? Right, amen? What did it cost them? Take your Bibles and turn to Mark. And we're all done. Mark chapter 5. <clears throat> Who remembers the story of the maniac of Gadara? Where's Gadara? The tribe of Gad. It's this side. It's not that side. It's this side, on this side. It's the wrong side of the river. Let's look at it. Look at, ch- chapter thir- uh, look at Mark chapter 5, verse 13. Say amen if you're there. All right, look at it. It says, Forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the what? Swine. Swine. It looks like they got out of the cow business and they got into the pig business. It's the same place. You guys see that there? Did Jews raise uh, pigs? Did Jews, hey, listen, did Jews raise pigs? No. No, they don't. Jews don't raise pigs. They raise cattle, they raise sheep, but they don't raise pigs. It seems like they got a little bit away from God, huh? Why? Because they settled on the wrong side of the river. They settled outside of God's will. Let's keep reading. Let's, let's keep reading. And they sent them into the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place in the sea. So what happened? He, they, they're raising pigs now. They don't know anything about God. They've left God. They've left God's ways. But look at verse 17. And they began to pray him, what? Look at verse 17. And they began to pray him to what? To part. Who are they talking to? Jesus. They said, not only did they leave 
the customs and the culture and the religion that they once had followed. Listen, these, the people that lived there, they came out of Egypt. They saw all the plagues of Egypt. They saw all the miracles of wandering for 40 years. And they still decided to not live in God's will, which is crazy, right? It's hard to understand. But it cost them something. What did it cost them? Their children didn't know the Lord. That's what it cost them. The next generation, they didn't know the Lord. They not only not knew the Lord, but they kicked Jesus out of town. At least the Pharisees listened to him once in a while. Amen? At least the Pharisees were like, all right, we don't like this guy. And eventually they ended up killing him. I realize that. But at least they listened. Here they were just like, hey, can you just get out of town, please? Just get out. You just ran out all our pigs. I don't think sometimes we consider what it's costing us to settle outside of God's will. I know for these people they didn't consider it. If they would have known, if they would have been able to look forward and see the Bible and what was going to happen to them and eventually what happened to their tribes over there on that side, I think they would have made a separate decision. And I think, I think if we pause for a moment as we enter 2024, we can look and say, you know what, maybe I have been settling outside of God's will on some things and I want God's specific will for my life. Raise your hand if you want God's specific will. The only way you're going to find it is if you get into God's general will. And we all know what that is. It's reading our Bible. It's praying. It's going to church. It's tithing. It's soul winning. It's getting the wrong things out of our lives that we know that aren't supposed to be there. We hear them every single week. We know what they are. And getting the good things into our life. That's it. And if we do that, guess what? God, I guarantee it. Mark it down. I guarantee it. God will show you the specific will for your life. And he will bless you. And if not, then you see what happened. You see the consequences. Let's pray and we'll dismiss. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the people, the, even the people that made mistakes in the Bible, Lord. We, we learn so much from them. And we can see so clearly, Lord, that they settled on the wrong side of Jordan. It was clear where, what you told them to do, why you told them to do it, what you wanted from them. And they decided, you know what, I'm just going to get on the wrong side. And they decided to stay over there, not realizing the cost. Lord, I pray you help us. Help me, Lord. Help, help me as I enter this next year. Help me to get on the right side of Jordan. Help me to do the things that I'm supposed to do. It's not complicated. And Lord, I pray that you help us to do that for our lives next year. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. You listened so well.